Hey everybody, it's that time of the week again. It's Tuesday, uh, May the 5th, and it's time for our weekly update here at Burntwoods Church. If you've tuned in, you don't know who this guy is talking to you. I'm Pastor Brian. I'm the senior pastor here at Burntwoods Church, and um, I'd just like to check in with y'all at the beginning of each week and see how things are going, uh, let you know how uh, things are going here at Burntwoods Church, give you any updates that are necessary. I wonder how you all are doing out there right now, I think there's a growing sense of everybody's getting impatient. You know, <laughs> there's just this like feeling that we all desperately want this thing to be over with. And um, man, I want it to be over with too. I really do want it to be over with. I'm sure you want it to be over with. I'm sure we want to be able to go back to some sense of normalcy, to be able to go to the store if we need to go to the store, if we want to go to the store. Um, I knew things were getting bad when Denise told me yesterday, like, uh, she just wants to go anywhere. She said, I'd even go to the guitar store with you if, if we could. <laughs> I mean, we just want to get out and, and do something. But uh, I do want to encourage you to continue to be patient, as patient as you can. Um, continue to be prayerful for the people who are making the decisions about our reopening and about these closures and restrictions. Because, you know... These, these people have difficult decisions to make that affect millions of people um, that could realistically cost people their lives if they make the wrong decision or damage people financially, you know, for um, long-term, do long-term damage. I mean, it's just so much on their shoulders right now. So regardless of how you affiliate yourself politically or how you feel about how Governor Hogan or the state school superintendent or whoever else is doing right now, I think it'd be good for us to pray for them, just continue to pray for them and consider that they don't have an easy task ahead of them um, figuring out the reopening phase now, uh, getting us back to work and getting our economy up and running again, getting our stores and businesses open once again. Um, they're going to have to make some really difficult decisions. So, uh, you know, the time is coming and it's getting closer. It does seem like the curve is finally flattening out. And it's. I think the governor of uh, Virginia announced it, that they're going to start to lift some of the restrictions on May the 15th. Um, so that's 10 days from now. I, I would kind of guess we're in that same ballpark. The Governor Hogan's probably going to aim in that neighborhood. Um where we start to see some of these restrictions lifted. I have, I mean, maybe there'll be a press conference today and he'll totally say something different. I have no way of knowing, but I just feel like we're getting closer. I think within a week or 10 days, we'll start to see some of these things lifted and, uh, and then we can go from there. So we're getting closer to reopening our state. And that means that we're getting closer to reopening Burntwoods church. Um, and I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm thankful for that. I mean, I miss you guys. I miss you guys. I miss the life of the church. I miss the gathering of the church, all of those things. So I'm looking forward to our reopening, and we're going to discuss that during church council this week. Um, you know, I'm going to ask our church council members some questions about reopening and what they think. You know, we still have to cross that bridge of considering whether we'll have any type of outdoor worship because we know that's the first phase of churches reopening is that they'll be allowed to have uh, limited attendance outdoor religious gatherings. So we got to determine if we're going to pursue that at all. Um, I have some thoughts and uh, both good and bad about that. Uh, so we'll see, but we are definitely getting closer to reopening. So 
Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We'll be we'll be back together again at some point. And hey, you know, one thing I haven't mentioned um, over these weeks that we've been closed, and I really should have been talking about this, and I just uh, didn't mention it. It has definitely has an effect in my home, but the youth are still meeting. I know I told the care team, the deacons, I know we talked about this, and I just informed them that they are still meeting each week. So the youth still meet uh, each week they have their own Zoom time together. Uh, I think they're actually using Zoom really effectively to engage the youth. Pastor Nick is doing a really good job of doing that. And um, and so I think Nick told me that they've been having like 15 to 17 kids, uh, youth, on the Zoom meeting each week as part of youth group. And I know last week, I don't know everything that they were doing, but they somehow did some kind of scavenger hunt and the... Um, I know Emma was running around the house like a crazy person during youth group trying to find different items. Uh, she took my dog bowl, which I couldn't find for two days after until she finally returned it. But, uh, you know, I think that's cool that the youth are still meeting. Um, and so that's really important and really encouraging. You know, we haven't lost our way as far as being with one another, keeping contact with one another. There was a thought in my mind like when this initially began to happen um, when I realized that we were going to experience a closure. It was just like almost a feeling of panic about like, you know, how are we going to stay together as a church? And I think that we've done a really good job of staying together. And I think that people have continued to stay engaged with one another through this time. So it's been great. Our youth are still meeting, uh, still continuing on. We've got a lot of thinking about the summer that's ahead and on the fall that's ahead and what's going to happen as we move into those times. But we'll see, you know, we're still, we're still trying to adjust to a new world and it certainly is a new world, especially within the life of the church. You know, things are, are changing. Um, hey, here's something I try to let you guys know about each week that um, giving, our giving has been really consistent and good. I think through this time, um, you know, like I said, initially things were sort of went up upward with our giving. Things got even, uh, we had like an initial bump in our giving, and then things sort of went down, and, and I think they've leveled back out to normalcy now. But it seems like that everybody's still being faithful in their giving, which really, really, really matters. Um, you know, it's really, I just can't say enough about how that's going to help us when this is over. It's not only helping us to get through it, um, but when we get um, when we get finished with this time and we're sort of back to being able to approach ministry and do things that we want to do. And um, your giving now is going to have a great effect on how we operate and what we're able to do moving out of this thing and our effectiveness moving out of this thing. So I want to encourage you just to continue to give. Um, if you give online, I mean, that's the easiest way. Um I know that there's a, you know, we get, we do get charged a fee if you use your, your bank card, uh, but you can cover that fee in the giving, and it's just an easy way to do it. That's how we've been doing our giving since this thing began. Uh, we don't have to worry about having uh, money to put in the plate or writing a check or whatever we were doing before. Um, now we just get online each week at the same time, and we input our offering, and and it's there, it's done, and it goes. So I'd encourage you to use our online giving. You can find that at burntwoods.tv and burntwoods.church. And um, like I said, you know, that's really going to help us moving forward. And one of the things that's going to help us do is continue 
um, to really do some some cool things uh, moving out of this. Um, you know, the church is going to have to react differently, or it's going to have to become different uh, moving out of this. I think we've learned some lessons about how we engage our community and how we engage the world. I I know I have really learned some lessons about what we weren't doing that we could have been doing, uh, that we are doing now, and what could we, what more could we be doing? You know, we we could be doing more things if we if we just really wanted to, and so I think that we're going to be different moving out of this. I think that there's going to be some things that change about how we view engaging the world, how we view engaging our community faithfully. Um, you know that there are ways for us to um, continue to um, reach out to people in our community beyond just inviting them to come attend a physical worship service. There are ways for people to be a meaningful part of our church. Um, And I really mean that, a meaningful part of our church without them having to come here and just, you know, be a part of a physical gathering. Although I want to continue to say I believe in that. I believe we should gather. I believe we should corporately get together to worship and give and and. Uh, fellowship around God's Word and all those things. I believe in the assembly of the church, but there are people who are providentially hindered. There are people who um, are in geographic locations that don't allow them uh, access to churches. There are people who are in places uh, where there may not be a faithful representation of the gospel in that area. And so there are people who can be a meaningful part of Burntwood's church family that we can reach out to and engage with all around our community, all around the world. Um, and so we're going to be continuing to do that moving forward. And one of the exciting things that we're going to do with uh, engagement moving forward, one of the, one of the things that we're, we're pursuing right now, it's in development right now, it's going to take a little longer than I initially thought. I thought that maybe, you know, I sort of hinted at this last Sunday in the announcements, Um during our service that something was coming um, that involved your cell phone, essentially. And I think I may have said, you know, in a couple weeks it should be here, but I think it's going to take four to six weeks because there's a lot that goes into getting this done. But what essentially is happening is that we are developing an app for our church, a church app. So this is, um, you'll be able to go to the app store on Apple or you can go to the Google Play store or whatever and you'll be able to download for free, obviously. Uh, but anybody in the world, I mean, just think about this. Anybody in the world can go and download our app. And on that app, there will be our Sunday services. There will be all of our streaming content will be present there. Our media archives will be present there. Our podcast will be present there. Um, there will be ways for us to engage and chat with one another within the app. I mean, just think about that. That's a really cool feature where we can have groups within the app or we can have a one large group within the app of our church family where we're able to just open up that app and chat with one another uh, throughout the week. There's all sorts of ways uh, that we're going to be able to engage uh, through that app on our phone. I used the statistic this Sunday, and uh, I just think it's crazy to think about 
that 90% of the people in America who have a smartphone have it within their reach 24 hours a day. 90% of us have our smartphone within our reach 24 hours a day, not in our hand, not in our pocket, but within our reach. We can get to it immediately. And, um, and worldwide, I can tell you, when I travel uh, to different places in the world, everywhere you go, people have smartphones now. I remember when we started going to Ghana back in 2012. That wasn't that long ago, so that was uh, eight years ago. And back then, um, you know, everybody had these little tiny uh, phones. They were just like little simple phones. They made phone calls, and you could text from them, stuff like that. But um, and now they're just like us. I mean, we go there; they have smartphones in their hands. You know, when I chat with our partners there, like just yesterday, I was doing some work, and and um, I got a notification on my phone, and there was Pastor George in Ghana reaching out to see how we were doing, and we chatted back and forth on an app on our phone. And so we're going to have access, think of this, anybody in the world who has access to a smartphone and the Internet is going to have access to Burntwood's Church. Literally, they can have Burntwood's Church in their phone, in their pocket, 24 hours a day, wherever they're at. And so I think that that is incredibly exciting, and um, and that's in development now. There's a whole bunch of um, there's a whole bunch of hoops you've got to jump through to get an app approved on the App Store, and so that's happening right now. Some of those things take uh, they have time frames on them, and so once we finally get our app submitted to the App Stores, that's going to take another potentially about four weeks, so a month to go through the approval process with Google and with Apple, um, with Amazon. So uh, so that's, there's going to be some time in there. But in four to six weeks, we're going to have an app, a church app that you're going to be able to download, that you can share with your friends, that you can um, encourage other people to download. We're going to think of creative ways to get people to download our app, to engage with us there, not just here, um, not just in Glenwood, in Glenelg, in Howard County, but you know, in India, and um, like I got a, I got an email from a pastor in India yesterday through our website, um, just reaching out and and uh, wanting to chat. So you know, we can, we can engage people all around the world through our app on our um, on our smartphones. So that's really exciting. That's coming. And so when I when I say to you uh, things like I said earlier, like I don't want this to be a podcast about giving, but when I say to you that your giving matters because it's going to enable us to be stronger and more creative uh, coming out of this thing, to be able to engage more faithfully, these are the type of things I'm talking about. We're going to be able to develop new strategies and new ways and not have to just sit on our hands and hope to survive uh, the next year because, you know, I I think that what's coming is a, there's going to be a downturn in our economy, I think, uh, whether it lasts for a couple of months or whether it hits us hard and ends up having a real prolonged impact on us. We won't know that uh, yet. We don't even know what the rest of this year is going to hold with coronavirus. Um, who knows? Who knows what we're going to endure the rest of this year? But um, we don't want to just have to, like, you know, hold the fort down and make sure we survive. I want us to thrive during this time and coming out of it as a church, be stronger than we've ever we've ever been, be more creative than we've ever been, be more able to engage the world than we've ever been. So we're working towards that, and your giving 
is part of that. Um, once we're able to be back together and once these systems and things are put into place and are functioning well, we'll start to develop teams of people to be able to work um, to make sure that all of our content stays up to date, that all of our uh, messaging is good, that our marketing, I know people don't always like to use that word with churches, but it's just a tool. Marketing is a way for us to get the uh, product out to the world. You know, I always think of David Platt um, telling the story about being somewhere, I think maybe in Nepal, and being in a really remote place in the world where people had never even heard the name of Jesus. Think about this. They never, they didn't have any idea. It wasn't that they didn't believe in him because they had rejected him. They'd never even heard his name before. And he sat down at the tent or at the home of one of these men, and um, and he, as he was greeted by the man, the man asked if he could uh, offer them a drink, and he went back into his his uh, home, and he came out with a Coca Cola, and you know the David Platt said it really struck him that, you know, Coke had done a better job of reaching the world than the church has with the gospel. You know, they the Coke had beat us there to that person. And all of that's because of good marketing, good distribution. So we've got to figure out how to market and distribute um, the good news that we have to tell people. So uh, I want us to be creative in all this and really thrive through all this. And we're going to be moving in that direction um, in the months and years ahead. And if ever we have to pass through another time like this, um, we should be absolutely prepared for it. We should be ready for it if it ever happens again. So I don't think the church, I'll just end today's update by saying, I don't think the church will ever be the same um, as a result of this. Well, I think that some churches will be the same and they'll suffer for it. Uh, I'll just say that. I think some churches will be the same after coronavirus and they're going to suffer for it. And then I think that some churches are going to realize that there's more we can do, there's greater opportunities set before us, there are open doors for ministry everywhere if we just begin to look for them. And uh, so I think that some of our churches will never be the same because of this, and I think that that's probably in most cases going to be a really good thing. We're going to be able to engage the world more faithfully than we ever have before. So, hey guys, keep your head up. Uh, I think we can begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel here, um, I, I hope, and, and let's pray that if we do emerge from this thing soon enough, uh, let's really be prayerful about the months ahead. We, we just don't know what's coming. We don't know if there will be a return of the virus. We don't know what restrictions will come with a return of the virus. We don't know what we're going to pass through again. Who, who knows? So uh, let's, let's just try to be, um, try to have faith Try to be encouraged. Try to be encouragers, uh, people of peace, peacemakers through this time, um, and just be faithful lights. That let's let our light shine during this time in every way that we can. Let's let's be light. Let's be salt and light, and let people see our good works and give glory to our Father who's in heaven. So, um, so just hang in there. It, it'll be over. We'll be back together at some point. We'll be gathered back together. And in the meantime, keep. Uh, tuning in to our broadcast, I, I do want to say that our attendance um, 
I get reports after each service. Our attendance is up. Uh, I think there are more people. In fact, I know there are more people attending Burntwood's Church now um, than there ever have been in the eight years that I've been here. Um, there are people who are attending this week. Uh, there were people in New York, several people in New York State, um, a whole bunch of people in Pennsylvania. I don't know who all the people are in Pennsylvania, but there's a lot of people viewing from Pennsylvania, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, Florida, Colorado, um, Japan, Ghana, uh, right here in Maryland, of course. So our church really, I mean, we should be encouraged about that. God is is really doing something special and encouraging through all this time. He's teaching us a lesson about reaching out. I think, I'll just close with this. I, I said, I think it was way back in week one of our closure. Um, you know, I think back to the book of Acts and the persecution that arose against the church in the book of Acts early on. The church was meant to go and take the gospel to the whole world, but they didn't. They just sort of sat still in Jerusalem and there's this great persecution that broke out against the church, and the believers were scattered throughout the whole region. Um, and it says, the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, that those who were scattered went about preaching the word. And so the church began to grow as a result of a crisis that forced them into something new. And so for us, we're living that right now. We are uh, living in the midst of a crisis that is forcing us into something new. And so uh, in that sense, I think that um, we can relate to the early church and we can be faithful with taking the message as God's forced us out of our normal patterns, taking the message to the whole world. We'll see people come to Christ. We'll see more people come to know Jesus than we ever had before if we're faithful through this time. So be encouraged. Um, I can't wait till we're together again. No meetings tomorrow night if you're listening to this on on Tuesday, I'll say no meetings tomorrow night. Um, we're going to meet on Thursday because tomorrow night is Emma's 16th birthday, my daughter Emma. And so that means I need to be home with my family. And this is now the third child who in our house has had a birthday during the stay-at-home order, during the this whole quarantine thing. And unfortunately for Emma, it is her sweet 16. Uh, so we're going to hang out and do all we can to make that special for her. And then we will meet on Thursday. So there'll be no live stream um, content tomorrow. Uh, we will meet on Thursday on the 7th for deacons at 6 o'clock and then church council at 7 o'clock. So um, I'll see y'all there if, if I get to see you on those meetings. If I don't get to see you on those meetings, I look forward to seeing you soon. So God bless you. Have a good rest of your week. I'll see you soon.